Welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. And uh, um, back with our guest, Dr. Joey Fassett, a man who was born ready. Uh, born Joey, ready. welcome to the podcast. That's right. That's right. Born to run, born ready, whatever that song was. Yeah. Hey, good morning, John. How are you, buddy? Good to be with you. I'm um, really honored and humbled. I'm glad you ran out of guests so I could do two of these episodes. <laughs> well, yeah. And here, here's the great thing, guys. We're doing these back to back. So uh, you can go back. If you have not listened to the previous week's episode from last week, just go back and listen to that. But uh, just real quick, Joey, you've written um, eight books, two number one bestsellers. So I've written one book. Okay. Um, Destined and, and to it, be a number one bestseller. Yes. And I have a mug that says future best-selling author actually yeah. we hit best-selling category but not number one but that's okay that's um okay. you always it's you coming. always need that next goal but you're, you're biggest, <laughs> you need that next goal the best in you <laughs> exactly and the latest book i mean and it's so important right now is work positive mm-hmm. in a negative world now if we had a negative world mm-hmm. the book might be a little more relevant but I'm thinking, you know what? We're gonna we're just gonna take a hack at it anyway, Joe. Let's take a hack at it. Yeah. And this is actually the second book in that work positive series. This one really focuses on the team edition because what I discovered with the first book was, which was written at the C suite and owners and entrepreneurs, is that typically when you're trying to do a coaching for culture change, in other words, to mm. bring about higher coaching ROI to get the KPI alignment with the employee behavior so that you're attracting and retaining top talent. What happens oftentimes is it dams up at that middle manager level. C-suite thinks it's doing a great job of communicating and, and influencing. And as with all leadership, the further away from the leader you get, the more diffuse it becomes. So the team edition book is really, and Morgan James did a great job of, of mm-hmm. putting this book out for us. The team edition really focuses on that mid-level manager and their teams. And so we're empowering the entire company to do those things, which helps create that positive work environment. And everybody, that's what we're talking about today. And so here's the exciting thing is because I've seen it firsthand, right? You're, you're, you drive into work and you don't like getting there, right? A, you're not or working with back friends. When we drove to work, John, right? Now we turn on Zoom and we're... <laughs> right. Or, yeah, Black I make engine something. noises as I yeah. walk down the hall from my kitchen <laughs> to your home office. Sorry, yes. I, I bound down the steps. How about that? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, just the uh, immensity of remote work, I don't think, personally, this is my opinion, it's uh-huh. not sustainable. And I think that there's this something called affinitive forecasting. And I think a lot of us feel mm-hmm. like, you know what, we're going to be in this remote environment forever. And I look back, Joey, I'm like, you know, look at 9-11. Everybody thought it changed the world forever. The only thing that's really changed mm-hmm. now is it takes longer to get through security at the airport. And of course, NSA listens to everything we do. But yeah. And tickets um, cost more. <laughs> tickets cost more. But I think what we're going to find is we're going to actually get back over the next year. I think it's going to be over the next year to a much more back in person environment. There's going to always now be a permanent element of remote working. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this time being, though, it's there. It does mm-hmm. make some of these things a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody, here's what we talked about last time, if you okay. guys remember. We really started talking about per, our perception, you know, perceive mm-hmm. what is kind of the mental framework around looking at our environment, our world, our team differently. 
And then we talked about conceive, right? What does it mm-hmm. look like to actually say and start to believe, right? Hey, I, I what if we have a dream team? What would be your, mm-hmm. your summary of conceive, uh, Joey? Yeah, well, let me back up to perceive. My, my one-liner about perceive is, uh, obviously, it's a mental function. You focus your thoughts on the positive and filter out the negative. And it's not that the negative is not there. You got to do something with it. So you're filtering it out. But you choose to exercise your brain like a muscle and to really focus on positive thoughts. So conceive being the social dimension is sort of the same thing you only in relationships because you're beginning to focus on the positive and filter out the negative. So you start to notice maybe some of the people around you, um, whether it's virtual or in person, some of the people around you, well, they may not go focusing on the positive thoughts the way that you are. And uh, so we call those negative people who are such a challenge for us. I mean, how do you deal with them without becoming one yourself? We refer to those negative people as your vampires. So how do you deal with them? Because it costs too much to do business with some people, right, John? So we want to kick them to the curb and Christian love, of course, but we, <laughs> we want to kick them to the curb and then begin to attract dream teams. And I say that deliberately attract dream teams because who we are and who we're becoming is how we attract dream teams. And so then we offer some key characteristics for that. I think we talked about some of those last time. We did. And and also think of the Eeyore vampire. Now, if they're on your team and I just want to just reiterate this with the leaders out there listening, right? We teach to our entire company, what we tolerate. And if it's okay for somebody to come in and, oh, woe is me, or constantly (laughs) gossip or constantly walk out of a meeting with a smile on their face and go tell everybody everything you did wrong or their peers wrong, Mm. you have a place that is absolutely held back. I'll just tell you this right now. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, and uh, oh, by the way, when you're complaining about that team member, guess who attracted them? So stare at that guy or that gal in the mirror and you'll discover why that team member is still there and how they got there in the first place. Same thing applies to customers. Geez, I hear people complaining about their customers all the time. And I'm like, okay, well, who attracted those customers? Who chooses to do business with them? Most of us are just hanging on, you know, we hang on to that team member, John, because we're, could be worse. And, you know, people don't want to work today. How am I going to find somebody else to take place? And so there's this risk mitigation balancing act going on in our brains, well, in our hearts too. And we're trying to figure out is what I don't know worse than what I do know. When in fact, converse is true. You want to create room on your team to focus on those core values, the priorities, the unique contributions that really make for that dream team. And by creating space for someone to come in who reflects those core values better you're really augmenting your team. Same thing with your customer base. You don't want to give up a, a large client, for instance, who's a real pain in the, because that's money in the bank, right? Well, what if you release that and all the negative energy that you have to spend taking care, quote unquote, of that person's account? What if you open that up? How many more could you deal with? And how much more fun would you be when you get home? Yeah, so I heard two things in there, Joey. The A is the existing people right? As leaders, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to start actually taking personal responsibility for what we've, the dynamics that have been created. These are not other people's fault. As soon as we look in the mirror and say, I had something to do with that. What you can do with your team is, 
Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's been a hard one for me, but then mm. what is our standard? How do we talk? What does gossip look like? What does it mean to have a encouraging, loving, fun, trusting environment? You need to have these conversations with your team because one of the most frustrating things is somebody not meeting an expectation, yeah, but guess yeah. what? Oh, exactly. um, and nobody can ever meet an expectation because they're different, but we have to be in agreement <laughs> of, Hey, what, like you, what you just said, mm-hmm. right? What are our values? How do we yep. talk to each other? How do we handle right. conflict? So folks, these are conversations we absolutely have to have. And mm-hmm. the second thing I heard you say is, in doing that, you're going to really understand, hey, here's the kind of person that really is going to be a great fit here. I know when I hire people, whatever the role is, I know I can find somebody talented in that area. My number mm-hmm. one focus is their character and their values. Mm. I don't even have people submit a resume to me. As a matter of fact, if somebody submits a resume to me, Joey, I don't look at it. Well, the first <laughs> thing I do is I actually have them write out almost an essay about, hey, why this company? Mm. You know, what elements of a culture are important to you? How do you handle mm. conflict? I just have them actually write something out. I would rather read that and go, okay, I want to talk to this person. I uh, think this could be go. a great fit. But anyway, mm. there's some other things we can do with hiring. But now, in folks, this is a book you want to get and read with your team. You want to find a way to introduce these concepts. A lot of you are listening going, okay, this all sounds great. I don't know how to do that. Easy. <laughs> Seriously, it's we, hard. We, we right? help you do it, man. That's one of the cool things about our company. And I'll say cool things because it's a value, it's a priority. And we have numerous people who have this unique contribution. That is, we take volumes and volumes of complex information which oftentimes passes under the word strategy and we make it tactical. We bring it right down to where you can do it, you know, do this, do this, do this. So the books that way work positive in a negative world, the team edition includes some tactics, but our seven keys to work positive online course, man, that's all that is. You get assessments, you get tools, you get a lot of activities and it's structured in a learning experience platform, John, so that, the manager can observe the team's function and how they're responding to videos and each other and comment on them and things like that. So it's a highly dynamic environment. So to your point, yeah, it's gotta be tactical because otherwise it's just a bunch of woo woo, right? Yeah. And woo woo uh, sounds good for about five minutes. And then, uh, so we're going to have a link. (laughs) It is like a soap bubble. So we're going to have a link to the seven keys, that Mm -hmm. online course that Joey just mentioned in the show notes, if you want to find it. And also uh, I have gotten to know Joey and his partner, Jane Cresswell and the work that they do and everybody out there, man, you guys are like legit. Doesn't explain it. Like you guys are the real you guys are the real deal. And you know what? Your heart. Well, we are place. legit now. Don't let her know. Well, <laughs> we I, might have a I little street know. cred. Yeah. Jane is. Look, Jane is. Oh, you guys are <laughs> legit. I don't know. Um, but it's getpositive.today is their website, folks. But here, right. let's. And so here's what I want to jump into is the three areas okay. we didn't get to. Okay. And the first one is believe, right? Because right. this is about emotional engagement. It's about. Mm-hmm purpose it's about hope it's about imagination but how let's jump into believe as we've built up from perceive yeah. right yep. now we, we've then, said conceive like hey what could be right and, and right. now we Socially. now now we got to move mm-hmm. into the next area belief 
Right. Well, when you get a group of people together on a team who are focusing mentally on the positive and filtering out the negative, and they're doing those kinds of things that build relationship credibility, what you begin to do is create a very high performing team. But there's one more element. And that other element is wrapped around the things that you just mentioned. We call it the believe core practice because it's the emotional engagement. And man, that word engagement gets bannered around a lot these days, particularly when you want to start talking about culture for organizational development, employee engagement, you know, one of the conversations of that and productivity throughout the last 18 months or so in this uh, remote work environment is how do you engage your employees? Well, the fact of the matter is before pandemic, you know, imagine with me a day before COVID, Gallup was finding 85% of American workers were saying they were either dissatisfied or very dissatisfied with their work. And most of the companies, our company runs towards gunfire. Most of the companies that we wind up working with, they're the ones who have done an engagement survey and it's come back and they're just these astronomical numbers for lack of engagement. So John, just think about all the wasted, not only hours, but let, let, let's talk a little bit more intensely here. Let's talk about the wasted lives. Let's talk about the wasted purpose. And you write about so well in your new book. Let's talk about the wasted passion. And those are the things which feed innovation and creativity. Those are the things because people were working for a cause. They're working now as a Jesus follower. I like to think about it as your divine design. You know, you're unique out of what over 7 billion people. Now there's a reason for that. What's that reason? And so let's make work work in way, as opposed to regarding work, that's something that happened because of the fall, you know, it's Adam's fault, right? Or some people would blame it on Eve, right? But actually, God put Adam to work before the fall. I mean, he's dripping wet, just emerged out of the clay. And God says, hey, man, jump in here in the garden. Let's organize some stuff. Job one, name all the animals. Now, that would be a way cool gig. I'd love to be able to name animals, especially when it comes time to say, that's an aardvark. I mean, who thinks of that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> but, but he puts him to work before the fall. So it's not this sin caused drudgery that most people think of with work, but instead it's an opportunity to give expression to the uniqueness of who you are. So amazing leaders, exceptional leaders, work positive leaders, I would maintain, are the ones who engage their teams in such a way that creativity is released because they're working out of their divine design and then innovation. And if I can just be patriotic here for a second, that's what's made America great. That's exactly why we are the economic powerhouse of the world, or, and hopefully we'll stay that way, right? It's because we've innovated and we've been creative, and it's out of that divine design. Mm -hmm. Okay, so picture somebody who's like, okay, that's a hard concept for me to grasp with everything going on, with how busy I am with some of the difficult people that I either have to work with or on my team. What's, oh, yeah. what's the first step as you're working with somebody, Joey, to make some progress in this area? Yeah, great question. First of all, it's an inside job. These first three core practices are all interior work. They work within you, you know, the perceived core practices in your head. And I'm convinced that the whole work positive work style starts and stops in your head. Mm -hmm. You got to 
focus on on positive thoughts. You got to feed your brain positivity. The neuroplasticity in your brain is absolutely amazing. I don't care how old you are, you can learn. We've got a 14 month old granddaughter and watching her learn is just incredible. And frankly, it inspires me, you know, okay, I've got a few years on her, (laughs) right? But man, watching her little brain create those wrinkles, I'm like, okay, I can create more wrinkles in my brain. So that's where it starts and stops. It's in your head and that's an inside job. Then how do you attract those people onto the team? How do you attract those customers or clients? That's an inside job, right? That's the conceive core practice. So when you get to the believe core practice, identification of your divine design is huge. Your identity Have you allowed other people to tell you what you're good at and who you are and what you do? Or have you done the hard work in interior space, the mindfulness and other activities that we help people with? Have you done that work so that you know who it is that God created you to be as John Ramstead, as Joey Fawcett? And you're comfortable in your own skin to the point where you can say, okay, let's, and I'm back to conceive, let's collaborate because you bring your unique contribution and I bring mine and like pieces of a puzzle, man, we fit together and make a picture that's brighter and more beautiful than either one of us alone. So that's a great place to start with the Believe Core practice. Now, if you're a leader, creating what we like to call a forgiveness culture is the key right here. Because so often it's like, if you screw something up, if you make a mistake, the hammer's coming down, right? We like to bring people to the edge of competency and help them fail graciously because growth is just beyond the edge of your comfort zone, right? So we, we just take them there. Let's make new mistakes faster. Let's figure out what doesn't work on the way to discovering what does work. I mean, that's the way Edison created the light bulb and it's the way all great breakthroughs have happened, right? Here's a great place to start folks is think about this. You have made a mistake recently and we, and oftentimes as a leader to our team, it's kind of hard to go to them and say, you know, I screwed up. We just want to gloss over it but we don't gloss over it with our team, right? Yeah, I don't know if you guys are like that. Hours. No, <laughs> right. But right. not, not the other guys. <laughs> but imagine if you went to the team and said, Hey guys, you know what? I did that wrong. You guys forgive me. Yeah. And guess what? Can you uh, hold me accountable next time to actually a better mm-hmm. standard behavior? I give you permission to yep. come and talk to me. Now, the other right. thing in here, because I think when you actually start going out and being vulnerable, and, mm-hmm. and tell people, you know what? I, I made a mistake there. I just had a leader, mm-hmm. big organization. He had three of his top people quit. Mm-hmm. And he was so upset. And through this process, he took personal responsibility for everything that had happened. And, wow. Or he saw his role in it. And That's I huge. helped him create the speech. He did an entire company-wide meeting. Mm-hmm. And he was just raw and vulnerable up there. And he felt like he was taking this huge risk. You know what it he was, <laughs> you know what the outcome what? was, Joey? Oh, Everybody was, was like, wow. Like, okay. Like yeah. we are all in, we're going to help fix this. Yeah. There's some right. things broken, but you know what? This just got talk about this. Like I believe that we can achieve, <laughs> right. Something uh, bigger when somebody's right. being like this. Now That's here's right. the other thing too, is, I don't think leaders and managers understand how to delegate and how powerful delegation is. Okay. So I want to share kind of how my approach to it. And Joe, I know this is something you work with your clients on. First of all, 
I want to, and it's always been taught to me since my military days, is push the where decisions are made to the lowest level in the organization where the information resides to make that decision. Yep. And in the past, I have often been the bottleneck because of my control. But yeah, guess where that really came from was because I had not focused <laughs> on equipping and empowering my people that they could actually do it as well as it either I thought I could do it myself or needed to be done. So think about this. If I wanted to delegate something to Joey, he needs three things. A, the knowledge to do that job or that task. He needs the practical experience. And maybe he doesn't have it in my company. Maybe he's new, but he's done something similar. He also needs the tools. What are our CRM, our systems, our processes, whatever it happens to be. If he has a working knowledge in those for that task, I'm going to give that task to Joey to go do and delegate it to him and then look at it and then come back in as a coaching approach, asking questions so he can understand what went well and what did we learn from this? So next time's better. I'm not going to say what he did wrong. You guys Mm -hmm. get that? Mm-hmm. And guess mm-hmm. what? I do that a few times and all of a sudden go, I can trust Joey. Joey, I'm not, you don't even have to bring this to me to review. <laughs> but we have to understand not only how to delegate, but to teach the other leaders and managers that report up to us, if you're in that kind of role, how to do the exact same thing, or everybody just becomes the shell answer man and everybody's just stressed out constantly. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's a cultural piece. I want to morph one word that you said. You said, I'm going to give him that task. That's one part of the brain that you are willing to, right? When you give somebody a test, but instead, um, let's say it's George, right? If we've led strategic George, you know, as a leader, if you've led strategic George into a place of understanding his Mm. unique contribution to the company, then really rather than giving George a task, you're inviting George to take up a task and you're collaborating with George to choose those tasks based on his, what we do an assessment called a high performance pattern, because we know where George excels. And so we create this collaborative environment. Yes. What you were talking about where forgiveness occurs, but rather than giving, we're letting George claim, right? He steps up into and says, Hey, this is something I want to try. This is something I want to do. And when you can create that kind of culture, then it goes to a whole nother but it does require a high level of intentionality and a lot of assessments like a high performance pattern and things like that. Well, Joey, I love that you pointed that out because if you guys heard that, right, you can even see, even though I teach this stuff, there's some patterns in there, right? Like give a test. Well, no, no, it's okay. No, this is good because now think about it. Uh Let's say you and I agree on the outcome, right? Yes. At the Mm -hmm. end of the day, this task is very important for whatever, for this department, for this customer, for this, whatever vendor. Mm -hmm. And then instead of saying, Hey, Joey, here's how I think you should do it. And then go do it. And we'll see how you do. I can say, Hey, Joey, how would you do it? How would you put this together? Because what Joey's referring to here is when you give somebody a task or tell them what to do, their brain is in neutral. If you do a functional MRI, it's no different than watching a TV show. It's like synapses are like in like, I can, I'm, I'm chilling right now. They're dormant. But if, yeah. But if I ask so people questions, that's yep. right. And I force them to think, force them to apply their knowledge, force them to come up with what the action is and the action plan. Dude, guys, their your brain is absolutely just, it's it looks like 4th of man. July. It does. So, it lights uh, up. Amazing. 
Yeah. So there and, you go. Again, that, that was, that was really good. Yeah. Thanks. That's the difference between giving someone advice and helping them discover the answer. You know, that new awareness that we talk about in coaching that leads to an alignment with a new action. You could say, Joey, what part of this would you like to take up? Joey, where do you see yourself in accomplishing this goal? Knowing what you know about yourself, Joey, and your high performance pattern, you know, what do you see yourself doing here? That's right. Cause I think this starts to move into achieve, which I'd like you it to does. talk about next. Cause it's, I was working with a client of mine. She has 65 people in her division. She has five direct reports. And as I got to know her, Joey, what I realized was because she's a, a D on high D on the disc, right? Ooh, Very she right? gives stuff. <laughs> oh, she's a giver. And I, and I gave her a challenge. I said Boom. in the next week, in the next week, this is going to be hard. Yeah. You are not to answer a question. <laughs> Impossible, she says. <laughs> you are only to ask a question so you yeah. can make sure that your people actually, because she was so frustrated with some of her direct reports. Oh, in a think. week, yeah, <laughs> in a week, she said it has absolutely been transformational. Yes. Two of yes. her lowest performers that she thought yeah. she was going to have to get rid of yeah, have, have absolutely <laughs> have risen to the challenge. So the you stuff mean it's is, about the guy or the gal in the mirror. It's not, uh, I'm trying to fly with a soar like an eagle with a bunch of turkeys. You mean that's it might right. be me that's a turkey? Oh my God. <laughs> all right. So let's jump into achieve because we want to put all yeah. this stuff in place and then actually now start getting some results. Absolutely. Well, it's the physical dimension of a work positive work style. It's really where the water hits the wheel. It's where things like productivity take off. Obviously, we're now more engaged from our believe core practice. And so innovation, creativity is happening. But how do you do more in a week than most people do in a month? How do you do more in an hour than most people do in a week? And so the Achieve Core practice is all about the achievement prescription. And this is really simple because I like simple stuff, right? I can remember it when I'm on podcast. <laughs> so the first part of the Achieve Attention. Where am I focusing my attention? John, I'm convinced attention is the most scarce resource in humanity today. It's like the precious metal, right? They're all looking for precious metals to make chips, right? We don't have as many chips going computers right now and devices, right? This is the precious metal of who we are. Who gets your attention? And so we go back to the first two core practices and the who gets our attention and see core practice. And then what? thoughts get our attention because man i'm telling you it is a battlefield in your brain to stay focused on the positive and the filter out the negative it's a battlefield on your teams right because you typically want to just as we were talking about play the blame game with the team so you focus on your attention on positive thoughts and on those positive people so that's attention plus that can conceive so it, the achievement prescription is attention plus intention. And this is the believe core practice. And the amazing thing is that once we are all in emotionally, that's when we say things like with God, all things are possible, right? Mm -hmm. But you gotta be sold out. You just absolutely positively gotta be all in emotionally for that creativity to suspend. And that's why the forgiveness culture is so important for uh, creativity to kick in and the innovation starts to happen. Now, the key to intention is understanding that sometimes we just want to declare an intention and leave it right there. I may be paying attention, right, to 
focusing on the positive thoughts and positive people. I may want to declare this intention. Here's, you know, and, and of course there's all the, there's a bazillion people standing in line to tell you how to do, to declare your intention. John, until you act, which is the third part of the achievement prescription. So it's attention plus intention plus action. Nothing happens until you act or to say it positively, all things become possible when you act. And so what do you mm -hmm. act on? You act on what you intend and you act on what's driven in your brain and through your relationships. And so you act, act, act. And this is where you act like a GPS because your customers and clients will tell you everything that you need. So it's not straight line, but you're developing new habits. Sean Aker's book, The Happiness Advantage, get that today, mm -hmm. listen to it, read it, because it will tell you how to tactically act in very specific ways that are going to bring you the most value for your time and effort. But you've got to act. And this is where so often we are more strategic than we are tactical. And so knowing that people want to develop new habits and knowing that they want to act is what the achievement prescription is all about. So this one is the one that ties all those four core practices together. Okay. So... As we tie these all together, let's talk about receive now. Yeah, the receive core practice was, was really surprising. And I think I talked about in the last episode how during the Great Recession, the way I came about these five core practices was that I was studying Great Depression gurus, men and women who started businesses that still thrive today, right? And they started them during the Great Depression. So I thought you reach achieve you know, we've acted, that's when you're closing the deals. That's when your profitability is up. That's when your cash flow is really lush. You know, I thought, well, that's it. But uh, man, I discovered one more core practice. These amazing people understand that they receive the positive through their work. That while, yeah, I mean, you've done the wait, hard that, work. Wait, that sounds counterintuitive. It is totally counterintuitive, which is why I thought we were through right, with achieve, right? So you know, I'm being real verbal here. I was done, but then the father wouldn't let me quit there. He said, wait a minute, there's one more. So you've done the hard work mentally, and it is hard work, man. Maybe I'm in the remedial class, but every morning I'm re-upping mentally, right? And every night before I go to sleep, I'm mm -hmm. re-upping mm -hmm. mentally. Socially, it's really hard to turn some people loose because they're familiar, even if they are toxic, right? And our brains- so, Socially, it's also hard to let some people's grasp, right? They're living rent-free in our head and I'm trying to evict them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. I know. Well, yeah, you got to kick them to the curb and they're stuffed with them. <laughs> Move their sofa out on the curb. So you're doing that hard work socially. You're doing the hard work emotionally to really- understand who you are and what your unique contribution is. And so then you've acted, right? And so it is really easy at that point to sit on the results and to love up on the results, right? But what I discovered was the way this whole work positive work style continues going is that you understand that at the end of the day, you really received it. So it's the customers or clients who are keeping the lights on. It's your team who's making sure that the processes that we were talking about earlier are in place and are moving forward. How do you say thank you? How do you express gratitude to the team, 
to the customers and clients. You know, there's a popular line of thought that if you take care of your team, they'll take care of the customers and clients and therefore the business will grow. And yet so many of us rush right by that, right? How do you say thank you? How do you squeeze yourself dry as a leader, right? And this is servant leadership, those 10 principles. How do you squeeze yourself dry as a leader to give and to pour into others? Because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about how blessed you are and how grateful you can become. And here's a cool attitude. When you're grateful, when the cash flow is lush, you can also be grateful when it's lean. How? Because the word gratitude literally means, and I am not a biblical scholar when it comes to languages, so just, but I know smart people who are, right? One of my friends is a PhD from Duke in Hebrew. So I said, Barry, what's this all about, man? So gratitude is actually a combination of a couple of words. And those two words combined mean to look for and recognize the good in any situation. So when cash flow is lush and you're grateful for it, you begin to develop this ethical or spiritual dimension to your work, whereby you're grateful in all things. You know, Paul's fourth chapter of uh, Philippians is just an amazing book that I could camp out mm -hmm. in and live for the rest mm -hmm. of my life. But in there, in the message translation, he talks about, I've learned to be contented when I've got a lot or a little, you know, when I've got everything or nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's, because he was grateful. I mean, the dude can get snake bit, which I would have quit right there. You know, I'd have been like, this has pay is not what it cut out to be. I mean, singing hymns in a jail. After, after getting beaten. After oh, I getting, know. I mean, I've been that beat. is. I've been beat before, but I've never been snake bit. That would just take me like right over the edge. <laughs> right? But that gratitude, important, and it keeps you from becoming. Oh, there's no real gentle way to say this, but arrogant. And John, you and I have seen successful leaders, mm. successful by financial standards or whatever other standards you want. I mean, the news reports recently have, you know, been filled with a couple of high, high level divorces, right? And it's just become apparent that there's some sort of transmoral behavior, at least they think they can live, the normal rules don't apply. And so, they just lost sight of gratitude. And so they're no longer grateful. So that service, how do I serve my team? How do I serve my clients? And just keeping a healthy perspective on your role that you've played in all this. So gratitude is the key to the receive core practice. And yes, sir, Reed Bob, it is counterintuitive. Wow. That's so great. And I have seen teams where when these are implemented, it becomes a place where people literally can't wait on Monday morning, they wake up excited to go to work. Imagine if your folks are excited to come into work. And, you know, you talked earlier about the Gallup results yeah, and the lack of engagement. Here, so let's put this in context, folks. As I researched my book, do you know, I found something really surprising in, in the U.S. So this is a U.S. statistic. In the mm -hmm. last 10 years, we have spent an average of $25 billion per year on leadership training. Mm -hmm. Um, Gallup How's has been doing their survey you? every year for 10 years, and it's not only not gotten better, it's actually gotten a little bit worse. Uh, and, and, and I think Joey, why you and I just resonate so much with each other is our folk. Everybody focuses on the why, what, and the how, and those are very important, but it starts with who you are. 
right? The first times. 10 out of 10 times. And when you, mm-hmm. can, when everybody listening, when you can become just a little bit gooder, you can just get, you can just <laughs> get a, a, a mo, you can get a little more better. You can get a little bit closer <laughs> to that right. better version of yourself. Mm. I'm telling you right now, and I've seen it time and time and time again, maybe this sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but you take a small step, but your influence and the positive impact that you can have an organization gets magnified. This is not a linear scale. It is logarithmic. I'm telling you. Absolutely. When you can do it for yourself, John, right? Yeah. If I adjust something like my striking the ball, maybe a quarter of an inch or something like that, or eighth of an inch at impact, you talk about magnifying. I mean, it's a different stream a hook or a slicer, boom, down the middle of the fairway, right? It, mm. it, so, yeah, you're exactly right. It's a megaphone effect. It is. So, guys, focus on this. So, it is Get Positive Dot Today. Fantastic company. You guys want some help implementing this? I mean, this is what Joey and Jane and the entire team, this is what they do. They're right. group of coaches. This is the work I do also, but guess what? You guys might love Joey more than me, and I'm totally good with that because I want you guys to get somebody to come alongside you and help you do this because I'll guarantee you, you can start to see transformation in the first 30 days of working with somebody oh, that absolutely. knows how to do this with your team easily. So there's plenty of love to go around, man. They can love you and us, right? And we're on LinkedIn also. If you want to just look at Dr. Joey Fawcett, that's TTE on Fawcett. Uh, you got a bunch of connect on LinkedIn and I love reaching. Yeah. Out. Connect with Joe on LinkedIn, but I would also say, but this is what you guys do. You've written the sure. book, you focus on it. Sure. And so just everybody listening out there, they've listened to the two episodes. Mm. What's just some final thoughts you'd just like to leave everybody with Joey. Yeah. Let me do these quickly. First of all, you can start today. Just pick one of these core practices and something we talked about. Just do that today. Don't think that you have to be an expert. Don't think that you have to have it all. You're not. Just start with one thing today. If I had to recommend something, it would be, please don't cut on the, the morning news. Mm. Just leave your TV off <laughs> or your radio. All push media. Just leave it off in the morning and just uh, spend that time being grateful. Just take a few minutes and be grateful. The other thing I'd suggest is uh, before you go to sleep, write down three things that you're grateful for from that day. And look, I know some days are in the crapper. It's hard to find something you're grateful for, but at least you can say, Hey, I didn't get run over by a concrete truck today. Right? So um, just those two things don't turn on the TV in the mornings and just jot down three great things that happened that day or three mediocre things that you're grateful for. Watch what happens. Do that for 21 days. You won't recognize a guy or a gal in the mirror. Great way to end. So I'm I'm going to be grateful if just the you know people remember my name after me. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. I'm going to be if anybody besides my mom listened to these two episodes, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so hey, man, you know. Thank you, John. This, oh, this has been great. And you know, I what I hope, right? And you talked about hope and negativity absolutely erodes hope. Sometimes it might be hard. If it's hard for you to envision the kind of work culture, the environment, even the family that we talked about, it's because you're, it's your lens. And when you focus on gratitude, mm. 
all of a sudden mm-hmm. you can start seeing that. So with that, Joey, you are awesome. Thank you. you my friend, too, we man. need to have you back on for a third here soon. Oh, that'll be cool. I love you, brother. Love you too. See ya.